Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hello there, it's Gina Gardner here and I'm here with Rachel Davidson. Today we're going to explore the theme of anticipation. It's an interesting balance between anticipating and living in the moment. And anticipation can have very positive connotations and it actually is an incredibly useful skill. And there are, of course, the black, the negative side of it too. So over the next 30 minutes, we're going to explore with you different aspects of anticipation. I want you to think about sport. Think about a footballer or a basketball player. If the player who has the ball sends that ball, kicks it or throws it to where the player is now with no sense of anticipation of where they're going to be by the time that ball reaches them, uh -huh. then they're going to get nowhere. They'll lose the shot. Yes. And yet, when you think about everyday life, we very rarely consider where we need to be projecting our thoughts, our activities and so on. Mm. And so many people stay stuck. Yes. I'd like to just, as we start, use some examples from the business world because I think they demonstrate very clearly how lack of anticipation mm. can have a very detrimental effect. And yes. then I think it would be useful to take that into the personal yes. life. Yes. The Fortune 100 uh, list of companies comes out on, on a fairly regular basis. Yeah. When you look at the top, 10 of that 100, mm -hmm. it's very interesting if you track how many of those top 10 remain yes. the next time. Yes. And it's often as quick as, uh, as the period between one list and the next, yeah. which is a matter of months, yeah. that people who are in the top 10, mm. not only do they not stay in the top 10, mm. they disappear from the top 100, yeah. never to be heard of again. Yeah. And I would suggest that a big part of that is because there is a lack of anticipation. That having worked so hard to achieve the success they've got, they, they slightly suffer from we've done it syndrome and, and stop thinking about uh, the next thing or, or stop thinking about the tide that is moving past them in the sense that Absolutely. People, people who are coming up uh, behind them and how fast their mo momentum is versus um, uh, their own. So, so yes, it's... Um, it can be very interesting to watch the uh, the lift and demise of, of companies. I mean, if, when in business terms, when I'm teaching leadership and management, uh -huh. I talk to people about the bell curve of performance. Yeah. So if you imagine a, a, a typical bell curve, that performance goes up and it's easy to get good. Yeah. It's actually very difficult to maintain good and build from good to excellent. Yes. 
So you need to start the next development before you get to the brow of the of the curve yes. and build on that and build on that. Yes. Otherwise, performance dips. Yes, it People... sounds exhausting, Gina. Well, <laughs> it is if you see anticipation as something negative. Okay. But if you, we were talking about this before we started um, the show, the anticipation is about looking forward. It's about excitement mm. in its most positive way. Yeah, yeah. And actually making the developments um, a continuous form of growth for all of your staff actually keeps people fresh. Yes. It can be done in a way that really motivates them. Yes. Because if you're doing the same old, same old, it can become quite... Um, routine and repetitive and boring yeah. now there are some people who enjoy that yes and I think that if you're listening to this and you've got a team of people you know keeping them fired up and enthusiastic without overwhelm yes is the best way forward yes because that sort of goes back to the uh, theme of our last radio show where we were talking about change yes and of course you know your ability to anticipate and to see that as a positive thing is also linked to your ability to cope with change, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're a leader within any organisation, I would suggest that a big part of your role is to be able to engender that enthusiasm mm. and a sense that this is safe mm. so that people who find change difficult mm. can come with you rather than feel that they're being dragged, kicking and screaming. But so often these uh, corporations, which are just a collection of human beings... Um, they get it wrong, don't they? Well, we were talking about two examples. The first, Swiss watches were the epitome of uh, style and of great um, engineering. Yes. And if you look at particularly you know, pre-Second World War, mm. people would go for a Swiss watch because yes. that Status. was yeah. the best thing to do. And they had a, a big part of the, uh, the market share. Yeah. Apparently, they were offered the digital technology, but they said, no, no, we don't need it. Right. The Japanese took that up, and now, in terms of digital um, oh. technology, they're probably, certainly in terms of watches, one of the forerunners within the market. Yes. And the Swiss have become very much niche. Yes, so, so by definition, their ability to... Um, to get as much revenue proportionate to what they were getting yes um, has, has definitely shrunk Absolutely. although it might be very profitable but it's a definitely much smaller market than it might have been yeah. if they'd chosen to go and there were probably other reasons behind it but mm. nevertheless mm. in terms of anticipating that the market was going to change mm. that new technology would come in yes and supersede them yes was not part of the equation no and these days with technology, it's moving at such a pace yeah, that yeah. if you're not keeping up with the trends and what's going on, and that's not just true of technology, is it? It's true of anything that you're offering as a business. Yeah, I mean, um, in the news yesterday in the UK, the Toys R Us UK division has, has uh, completely uh, gone to the wall. The US version was, was about sort of three months ahead of that. Mm -hmm. and, and that's because the business didn't anticipate the impact of online shopping. Um, and hadn't moved quickly enough to get a presence in that digital world, yes. um, and was still being, you know, still having serviced massive stores, yes. the model of which um, is is just defunct. And interestingly, there's so many examples going back in time. Look at Kodak. Mm, Kodak's you know, a good one, isn't it? They didn't 
take on board digitalization yeah. um, and so many other companies have now provided mm. um, a service that means that again they're very niche yes um, the fact that you now can take photographs on your phone very good photographs on your phone and everybody is um, taking photographs means that those people who are professional photographers mm. have also had to, to change mm. one of my clients brilliant photographer mm. um, she's gone into doing things that, that are if you like events so um, cake smash for a baby's first birthday yes, um, yes. You know, doing different things that people wouldn't or couldn't do at home yes. in order to keep ahead yes. and still have a role because in the the old sense of just taking uh, family portraits mm. most people do it themselves mm. And when you look back at the very, very beginning of photography, um, it was a massive special event and it was for the rich, wasn't yes, it? Yes, absolutely. The poor could not afford to go and have their photo taken and, and the disruption that's happened. And, and who would have anticipated it back in the 1800s that a camera would be in everybody's hand and, and nobody would be bothered about, about it in the way that the Victorians were? No. Nobody would have anticipated it at that stage. And even when you're very close up to it, like Kodak were, very, very close up to the disruption that's happening. Nobody in that company anticipated, or, or perhaps they did, but nobody was listening to them. Or perhaps they didn't know mm. how to manage it yeah. because it was so far out of their experience. Yes. I think the whole issue of, of getting the balance between anticipating and thinking forward mm. and the, the needless sort of finding yourself in the cycle of, worrying about what might happen mm. which then spoils the present yeah. so that you don't enjoy the moment because that's all we've got moment by moment yes. you're too busy looking forward and and worrying and whittling about it yes. and I think you know, there's a fine line and for many people they're worrying about the future mm. spoils any chance of happiness in the present yes because I wonder if we are one of the only creatures on the planet that are really good at anticipating because anticipation is about imagination uh, and imagination is about telling stories isn't it it is uh, we're always telling ourselves yeah. stories and making meaning of things yes. true or not yes. but we make them up don't yes. we but you I'm, I'm mindful of um, a couple of sort of um, famous dog trainers who who talk about how a human being can create um, a situation within a dog and that is because the human being is anticipating and telling a story and possibly harking back to a story but also therefore anticipating that that story might happen again and the dog doesn't have that level of anticipation so it's simply reacting to um, these imaginations as if they were happening now in the yes. moment and therefore you get behavioural problems in your dog um, because it doesn't understand that oh, don't worry, this might not happen, they're just imagining it. Yes. The dog is reacting to the reality of, I can feel that energy of what my, of what this human next to me is feeling, so I must react to it now. Yes. And, and they talk very much about how um, animals, such as dogs and, and so on, um, are, are much more in the moment and are benefited by the fact that they can't imagine, that they don't tell themselves stories. Well, the trouble, I think, with human beings is that when we don't know... Yeah. Let's say you're ill mm. and you go to the doctor and the doctor says, we need to do some tests. Mm. 
what people will do quite naturally is they will look for the worst scenario. Yes. And it is a form of protection, isn't it? It is, because then you're not going to be disappointed yeah. when yeah. you get bad <laughs> yeah. news. Yeah. But I think the unknown is what people find difficult. Yes. And if there is a gap, we make stories about it. Yes. yes. And I think it's interesting looking at the difference between anticipating an event and you know how often do you find that you know anticipating a holiday or christmas the actual anticipation is the best bit yes because the event actually is something that's fairly yeah, ordinary and, and the story that's in your head and the, the pictures and the anticipation is perfect isn't it because you're in control of it it's your story, it's your imagination, and so yes, anticipation in that regard can be can be a wonderful state to be in. Yes. <laughs> and then you get to the actual day, and of course that's not totally in your control because there are other people's days yes. interacting. So I th- often think that's why your the picture in your head of what you wanted Christmas as a good example to be often doesn't turn up. No. Because in anticipating it, you've forgotten to to factor in the fact that there are lots of other people involved yes. in the day. <laughs> So anticipation is an interesting one, I think, because there's times when anticipation is absolutely vital. If you've yeah. got little children, yeah. you need to anticipate that they're going to put their finger in a plug or they're going to pull a hot pan down. Yes. And there is a need, an absolute need to anticipate what might happen yes. in order to stop it happening. Yes. If you go walking in, in the, the mountains, yeah. um, then making sure that you've got the right equipment that you've got the right clothing that you yes. know what you're doing yes and you've got a map and you know how to read it yes. so you don't put yourself and the rescuers yeah at risk and yet over the uh, the year certainly in the uk mm. hundreds of people failed to do that mm. yeah. you know the old saying you know prepare to fail fail to prepare yes and i think that's really true in terms of you're going to be um, doing some activity, mm. perhaps giving a presentation or going walking in the mountains, mm. that preparing yourself mm. and getting yourself into the right physical situation but also the emotional state is incredibly important. Yes. Um, because then if you don't prepare and things fall apart, yeah. we often again make stories up about that rather than, do you know what, I was a bit silly, mm. I should have got myself sorted out before yeah. I went. Yeah. But I think the whole issue around, you know, anticipating, we were talking about change and ageing. Yeah. How many people actually prepare for their retirement? Um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, it's it's a bit of an epidemic in the UK, isn't it, about um, people not saving for their pensions to such an effect that the government have, have installed mandatory Yes. Uh, pensions on people that um, that employers have to yes. set up pensions and then you can no longer just forget about it forget about it until your 40s type of thing which was going on and it comes back to this balance between living in the moment and enjoying it yeah but having an anticipation yeah. of what your future needs may be yeah. it's a bit similar to how people don't write wills yes because the anticipation of dying is not a pleasant one is it no well <laughs> for some people it's it's terrifying yeah. other people are, are fairly sad sanguine about it but by not creating a will doesn't stop you dying but it does not make life difficult for the people who are left behind yes Um, so I think there are lots of situations you know if you don't like where you're living for example and you want to buy a a house then you need to anticipate that there are going to Mm. be um, 
requests for a, a deposit mm. and solicitor's fees and all of those mm. things. Yes. And you can't just expect it to happen magically. No, no. So, again, that planning for the future, but at the same time being mindful yeah, of have, living in the present. Having a realistic analysis of chance and risk. And going back to the health and safety aspect of it, the advanced driving courses that uh, one can take, they, they tend to be all about building anticipation yeah. skills. That's a really good example, isn't mm, it? Because uh, it's all about, well, that might happen, or you know, the, the conditions of the road are this, and, and how, how will the physics of the car actually work if, if I behave in this way versus behaving in that way? Um, and that's all about fundamentally making you, you safer and road users safe and stuff. Yes, because however good a driver you might be, there's other idiots on the road who are going to do things in, which you don't expect. Innumerable variables. And, and that's definitely symbolic for how, how you live your life at, at large, isn't yes. it, in general? Because, yeah, you're in control of yourself and you, you know, you've, got, you've got some mas- mastery in that sense. But there are lots and lots of other things that can, that can occur that are totally out of your control. Yes. I think, you know, those of you that have listened to our shows, and thank you very much for that, mm-hmm. one of the things that we've talked a lot about is um, being mindful. Mm. And that research shows that 95% of our thinking is habitual, that uh, our beliefs, our thoughts, our actions, our words mm. are driven by patterns of behaviour that don't actually cross our conscious mind, mm. Mm. that they're at deep unconscious level. And I think another big area where anticipation can be incredibly helpful mm. is where we switch from being habitual thinkers, yeah. where the danger is that we will say or do or not say or do yeah. things through the habit, mm. which are going to land in a way that's destructive. Mm. And that if we think about what's happened in the past, we know pretty well mm. that the impact is going to be negative or destructive. Yeah. Yet because we're stuck in that loop of habitual thinking, yes. we don't anticipate that actually by saying this in this particular way at this particular time... Yes. I'm going to trigger something in the other person. Yes. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't react to mm. people, but I, if you do it mindfully mm. and you do it in a way um, that is constructive, you're mm. much more likely to get uh, a, a successful outcome. Yeah. yeah. So if you think about, you know, within a relationship, for example, how often is it that somebody will say something, mainly because they're, um, within they're wrapped up in their own stuff yeah the other person makes meaning of that yeah. not consciously but it's done because other things have happened in the past which have had they've made that meaning of yeah they then respond yeah. that then triggers something in the other person it's yeah. often a tone of voice rather it's not yeah. what you say it's how you say yep. it <laughs> and before you know where you are mm. you've got this huge argument going on which mm. is nothing to do with what's going on. No. It's all to do with previous conversations, previous hurts, previous slights and so on. Yes, yes. And I think learning to be in the moment, be mindful, anticipate that, you know, if you're angry and you're wanting to deal with somebody, that if you deal with somebody when you're angry, the chances are you're going to say something mm. which is not actually what you mean. Mm. So if your child's got into trouble, you know, you're going to be grounded for the next 57 years. 
may make you feel better in that second, but then you're going to have to back down. Yes. Otherwise, you're going to be living with your you know, 67 year old child who's still being kept in their bedroom. But we do it all the time. Yes. yes. And I think that learning to anticipate things in a very different way mm. and understanding our, ourselves has to be the first step to this it makes me think actually my husband practiced karate for a very very long time and got to a very high level in it and from forgive me for for knowing a tiny little bit and being dangerous with this knowledge but but karate is all about uh, uh, being able to see the movements of your opponent coming in and it's um, although it is about attack it is actually much more about defense and deflection because they practice and practice and practice mm. and learn to spot the movements before they happen. So they learn to see the small, minute, um, energetic movements even, and anticipate where the blow's coming and deflect yeah. it. And uh, they they become excellent at, at being able to just sit and relax because they know that they've got the foresight. Yeah. They've got enough, and, and that effectively time slows down for them. So that, you know, they've got time to think, time to act, they're confident in their physical abilities. And I always think that having that that level of sort of brain training applied to different areas in life is an extremely valuable skill. It stops you worrying, doesn't it? I mean, well, even in the moment a of sense an attack, of control, don't you? Yeah. Yes. I mean, if some if somebody were to attack me, I know that I would be very vulnerable to it because I haven't done the brain training of anticipating it and seeing stuff in slow motion almost before as it's happening. I, I would be in moment of panic, um, and I wonder actually sort of how 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 you could synthesise that learning of, of a skill like karate to prevent an attack can actually also make you just stop worrying in the moment when other things are coming at you from the future. Worrying things, mainly it's a mainly negative thing actually, isn't it? I'm talking mainly about defence and avoidance. Well, well, it works I think both negatively and positively. Worry in and of itself does nothing no. other than make you feel bad. Yeah. Worry, if you like, is your unconscious saying, you need to deal with this, you mm. need to do what you can. Mm. You, know, you know, we've again talked about those things which you can change, get yes. on and do them, and that yes. takes some activity. Yes. If you can't change things, then you have to change the way in which you approach them. Yes. Now, you talk about karate, that's a brilliant example. But actually, when you're dealing with other people, mm. there are just as many signs. Yeah, yeah. But we often are oblivious to those because we're too wrapped up in us. Yes. So, you know, the rows very rarely come out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. If you track back, yeah. you can see that there were the, the writing was on the wall. Yes. Maybe not minutes or hours ago but maybe yeah. days and weeks and months and years yeah. ago and it's yeah. been building up to yeah. this and just when... like kodak had plenty of signs that digital cameras digital photography was was coming absolutely and they they didn't spot it no they didn't spot it so yeah so if you're if you're aware and if you are looking consciously rather than habitually mm. at what's going on 
Mm. Then you're much more likely to pick up the nuances. Yes. The nuances in terms of body language, in terms of tone of voice, yeah. in terms of silence mm. and absence of things happening. Because it's not always about active things happening. Yeah. Very often it's the fact that people don't do something, yes. which is an indication that you need to be aware and yes. for you to react to that. I'm not suggesting negatively, no, but to pick that up. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I think it's important to say is not to react necessarily to everything. The awareness is about gathering information yeah, yeah. that then enables you, when you've got several different pieces of information, to make an informed decision, mm. a conscious informed decision about yes. what you're going to do. Because the thing about worry is that it can consume you. Absolutely. And, and I'm mindful of the Baz Luhrmann sunscreen lyrics, uh, one of which is, you know, worry is essentially useless. The things that are likely to blindside you will come out of the blue and you won't have been worrying about them beforehand, which is a slight sort of lesson to to worry more because <laughs> things are going to come out of the blue at you. But, but it's valid, isn't it? Because if you're spending so much conscious effort and attention and foresight worrying about a particular thing you have to ask yourself what are you not seeing because you're so focused on this particular point mm. and is worrying about it to that degree therefore a helpful thing or would sort of stepping back from it and giving yourself a wider vision actually allow you to see stuff that was possibly a bit more important and possibly a bit more valuable to to think about i think there is a lot in there really to unpick when you worry over any period of time, what you're doing is that you're in a stress situation. Yeah. And just in the same way that a gazelle, when um, it, it recognises that there's a lion mm. about to pounce, mm. we release huge amounts of hormones. Yes. Yes. Uh, cortisol, adrenaline, mm. um, uh, um, hydrocortisone. Yeah. They're designed to get us out of trouble. Yeah. That they're designed for us to run. Yes. And for the danger to be short-lived, that yeah. you run, you burn off those um, yeah. chemicals, or you're, you, you become dinner. Or you die. <laughs> um, but in our modern world, what happens is that those hormones stay within the system. Yeah. And they become corrosive. Yes, they're so, very powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, well, if you think about hospital dramas, what do they inject into people's hearts when their hearts have stopped? Yeah. Adrenaline. Adrenaline, yeah. yeah. And those stress hormones, unless they are burnt off, mm. exercise and laughter mm. are two of the best ways of doing yes. that. Yes. They stay within the system yeah. and they actually start to cause problems with your immune system, yes. with all sorts of things, your stomach ulcers, yes. your digestion, you become, you know, yeah. have uh, problems with that, mm. lack of sleep all mm. sorts of things mm. and that worry when it becomes entrenched becomes a habitual pattern yeah. which is you gets harder and harder to get out of because yeah. that becomes the familiar yes and familiar although it may be damaging you feels safe it feels comfortable exactly yeah even though it is incredibly uncomfortable yeah it's more comfortable than stepping out of that habitual Yes. comfort zone yes and I you know I would say to to listeners here if you know if you're finding that you're spending a lot of time where your anticipation is in the version of worry mm. 
then you need to do something about oh, it. Yes. Um, they'll find lots of things on the, the website, genuinely-u, mm. um, that can help. And, and you know, there's, there's some strategies in the book, Thriving, mm. Not Surviving, the five secret pathways to happiness, success, and fulfillment. Mm. And, you know, listeners, you can get a free digital download just by going to my website. Remember, that's genuinely-u.com. Um, and you'll find strategies in there. If you're consistently worrying then I think it's time to do something about mm. it because mm. it it's not doing you any good. No, and, and it's really, really key, isn't it, about what words we use. And I've heard other people describe um, how to get out of a panic attack as having the mindfulness in the moment to reframe it as, I am not anxious, I am excited. Yes. Difference between stage fright, yeah. which paralyses you, yeah. and excitement. Yeah. The other way to reframe a panic attack is by giving it an identity mm. um yeah. so oh it's only Bert yeah you know Bert again um <laughs> rather than it becoming your identity yes and maybe that's the theme for another show because yeah. it's a very complex um yes. situation but worry in and of itself is the negative side of anticipation mm. and I think in the you know what I'd like to leave um our listeners with is anticipation is really vital mm. in order to live um, a life that is full and um, a, a life where you have a level of protection, both physical and financial, yes. where you know that you are going to be doing well. Yes. The danger is when that tipping point goes into, yeah. it's all about worry. Yes. Because I think, you know, as we, we finish the show, I think the negative approach to anticipation and worry, you know, if you believe you're going to fail, Mm. it's a done deal yeah, isn't it you're creating it almost. our yeah. thoughts create our beliefs which yeah. create our emotions and our actions yes if you believe it's going to be all right mm -hmm. that you'll find a way yes i'm not saying it's necessarily going to be easy but you are more likely to go into solution mode yes and so asking yourself the quiz the, the, the critical question you know, what is my solution? Mm. Where can I get some help? Yes. You know, you don't have to be on your own no. um, unless you actually choose to be. You know, believing that you there is a way to succeed yes. means that you're far more likely to succeed. Yes. But recognising the patterns of previously, taking the good bits and doing that again. Yeah. Yeah. But if you know something's not worked, why do it again? Yes, quite. Um, and yet we all do it. <laughs> yes. Um, so I would say to you, you, if you're listening to this, thank you very much for for joining us and listening um, to us today. We really appreciate your time and your company. I'd love to know the things that you feel are important around anticipation. And you can uh, send us some comments either through the um, my website, um, genuinely-u.com, or you can do it through the radio show. But we'd love to hear from you. And if there are any themes that you'd like us to cover in our conversations, ah. then please let us know. Just to remind you, um, Rachel's written a book, The Point of View, that's available on Amazon. It's a really good novel. Those of you that um, want something that uh, has a spiritual side to it, I can thoroughly recommend ah. it. Um, and my book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment, tells a little bit about my story, but also gives lots and lots of practical strategies and principles that can help you live a happy, successful and fulfilling life. So thank you very much for joining us and we look forward to seeing 
you the next time. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-u.com today to find out more.